It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Five Minnesota Vikings that are on the bubble come training camp. That's today's Minnesota Sports Rankum. This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. It's Minnesota Sports Rankum. Welcome to another show. I'm Sam Ekstrom covering the Vikings here at Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can find me on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom, and you can find the network on YouTube, Locked On Sports Minnesota. Subscribe there and free and available wherever you listen to podcasts. So glad you're with us today. I'm going to tell you the five Minnesota Vikings that are in some jeopardy come training camp cut time. Five bubble players, if you will. And we'll start with a couple honorable mentions. I think Nick Mullins, the quarterback, would be on that list. Mullins is now competing with Jaron Hall for that backup job. Remember, the Vikings did commit a couple of years to Mullins, 2023 and 2024. If he was on a one-year expiring deal, low guarantee, I think that that would probably put him squarely on the bubble. But I think the Vikings are a little too committed with that contract. And I think they like the veteran presence. I could see him keeping three quarterbacks. Let's just put it that way. Secondly, I think Jordan Hicks would be an honorable mention. Now, remember, the Vikings pseudo replaced him last year with Brian Asamoah, and they reduced his salary in the offseason. Now, they still are in for like $3 million in change with Jordan Hicks. They like his leadership, and they did choose to keep him around. They could have cut him out right before. Um, And there isn't necessarily a pipeline coming for him. I think that there's room in the linebacker space, even for maybe a declining veteran linebacker. So Jordan Hicks, he's not in the top five. I just think that he's on the edge of being in that conversation. Vikings, though, probably a little too overcommitted to him. Let's get into our top five. And we start with an offensive lineman, Austin Schlotman, who last year was kind of a pet cat of this Minnesota Vikings coaching staff came in without much acclaim in the offseason, and a lot of people assumed he would be a camp cut in 2022. And Schlotman, you know, came in and played that reserve swing role. And the Vikings lost Garrett Bradbury for a bit. They put in Schlotman, and he, well, he held up to some extent. He was not graded out very highly at all by pro football focus in his 250 snaps. And he has not been graded highly throughout his whole career. He's played some guard, and then last year, basically played a new position at center because the Vikings didn't have a good backup center, kind of an oversight in their roster construction. And Austin Schlotman was tossed into that role. People question, why is Chris Reed not getting an opportunity? Why is Schlotman the only option here? And I think that's still a question mark. But the Vikings clearly like him because they signed him back to another contract. It was a non-guaranteed deal, though. This feels a bit like the Dakota, uh, Dakota Dozier contract a few years ago where people were left scratching their heads. Why? Why would you bring back this backup that was not effective that seemed more like a liability? And I think the answer is, well, he's insurance. He's cheap insurance. He's non-guaranteed. He doesn't have to make this team. But if you don't see anything from your UDFAs, if you don't see anything from the Vidarian lows of the world, then you can let him walk, no harm, no foul. But he provides at least a floor of veteran presence 
which is why he's on this roster. I think he's on the bubble, though. I think that Jesse Davis being cut last year proved that they are not completely married to these veteran offensive linemen if they do not perform. So he's number five on the list. Number four, Troy Dye, the linebacker who is entering, shockingly, his fourth year with the Minnesota Vikings. Troy Dye better be a really good special teamer uh, for Matt Daniels because I think that's his only ticket to see the field. Two years now in a row, he has barely gotten reps at linebacker. We saw him get some steps in 2020, and he did not perform well, not just in the run game, but in the coverage game too. Troy Dye needs to be a good coverage linebacker to be serviceable in this league. He's fairly fleet of foot. He's not very strong. His calling card needs to be pass coverage, and it has not been so far in his NFL career. And he has made a bit of a mark as a special teamer, and that has to be it again. But when you enter your final year um, on a rookie contract, you are vulnerable. And Troy Dye is vulnerable. I think that they've got Ivan Pace, the UDFA. They've got William Huenquu, the uh, the former UDFA, in his second year, a guy that they like. And they've got a handful of interior linebackers that came in in this undrafted class. I think Dye is squarely on the bubble at age 26. Let me remind you that we are brought to you by Built Bar. Built has delicious protein bars that are also good for you. And I don't know how they pull it off because they're 100% real dark chocolate. Their flavors are to die for. Sure, oh, peanut butter, brownie, cookies, and cream. And yet they managed to pack 17 grams of protein, only 4 grams of sugar in these Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars in the universe. You can get them by heading down to Walmart, heading down to Sam's Club, Go to the pharmacy section and get some cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff built bars today. You can also order at built.com for more specialty flavors. It's built.com, it's Walmart, it's Sam's Club. Pick up some built bars today and you'll thank me later. Top three Vikings on the bubble. Number three, DJ Wanham. And you'll notice the theme. He's another rookie deal player entering the final year of that contract. DJ Wanham has had over 2,000 snaps, people. So Troy Die, I mean, maybe you say there's meat left on the bone, right? He's only had 300 snaps. He hasn't had a chance. DJ Wanham has had 2,000 uh, 2, snaps in his Vikings career. And I think he's been overexposed. Um, we've got plenty of tape. On DJ Wanham. You can say he had a mild improvement last year. It was not a market improvement. It was not a meaningful improvement. And he was one of the lowest rated defensive ends in terms of efficiency in the final two years of the Mike Zimmer era. Zimmer couldn't get anything out of him. Andre Patterson couldn't get anything out of him. And last year, frankly, I thought he was very average. The Vikings, as it stands today, do have, I think, a pretty full defensive end or edge room. I think that Luigi Villane could be in the mix for a spot. I think that UDFA Andre Carter could be in the mix for a spot. They owe him $300,000 on a generous UDFA deal. I think that Wanham in the final year of his deal could be probably not even trade bait, probably a camp cut if things don't go really well for him in this preseason. Remember, that's another guy that was not drafted by this front office, and you wonder how that plays into their decision-making come roster construction time. So DJ Wanham, I think, on the bubble. Two more to give you. How about the veteran Chris Reed? 
this was a puzzler last year. Chris Reed didn't seem to find favor with his coaching staff, even though they signed him to a two-year deal. His stats at previous stops had been good. He didn't look too bad in the preseason, and yet they didn't go to him when Ed Ingram was struggling. When Garrett Bradbury was hurt, they went with Schlopman instead, or they stuck with Ingram. They didn't go to Chris Reed until he was absolutely needed in Week 17 when they had uh, a bunch of injuries at center, and then he couldn't snap the ball. So it didn't work out very well at center for Chris Reed, but I am a little perplexed as to why he wasn't thought of sooner. And that tells me that maybe they feel Schlotman is a better option um, or that other guys are better options than Chris Reed, who's been a bit of a journeyman. A lot of his good stats have come in small sample sizes, and maybe the team isn't as fond of him as the analytics might suggest. The Vikings have a second-year center coming back, Josh Sokol, who could improve. And they've got Alan Ali, a UDFA from TCU who's played every position but a ton of center and he could provide another option as well for depth. Maybe it's a Jesse Davis situation. Maybe the Vikings trade Reed uh, to a needy team for a future seventh and see if that hits. He could be in that spot as the expendable piece on that offensive line. He and Austin Schlotman both in this top five. I think one of the two, if not two of the two, do not survive cuts. And who is our number one bubble guy? Going into Vikings training camp. I know we're a couple months away. It's never too early to talk training camp. Jalen Rager. Quasi might have to swallow his pride. And the only thing I think that keeps Rager here is if Quasi doesn't want to admit failure on a trade that he gave up a decent amount for, a fifth-round pick for Jalen Rager, who wasn't spectacular as a punt returner, nor was he as a receiver. I think he had one deep ball where he adjusted nicely and made a catch on a Cousins downfield throw. Other than that, very little for him to hang his hat on. Uh, fumbles in the punt return game, running the wrong, wrong routes on offense. And they've got other options. They've got Jalen Naylor, who's in his second year. That's someone you'd rather keep and develop than Rager, who's in the final year of his deal. You've got Malik Knowles coming in, a UDFA. Thayer Thomas, a UDFA. Tristan Jackson a second-year receiver who hung around on practice squad last year. I think Rager's on the way out. Now, if Quazy wants to keep him here and prove a point that, okay, we can get something out of this guy, I get it. I mean, I think he's 2.4 dead cap. He's like guaranteed rookie salary, probably not a tradable asset. I get that. There are financial considerations as well, and there are just pride considerations. You don't want to trade or let go of a guy, excuse me, that you traded for last year. And part of the reason why you trade for someone like Jalen Rager is so that you can get them into your camp a second year and see if you can develop them a little better within your system. Remember, when you acquire Rager so late in the game last year, it's hard for him to really pick up on things the way that other guys have. Now he's got a full offseason. If he doesn't show anything in preseason or training camp, you got to let him go. Brandon Powell can return punts as can probably a couple other people. It's not easy to return punts, but again, he is not a great punt returner. Powell can do it. Someone else can do it. I think you'd rather have other people in your offense as a wide receiver. You can only have so many wide receivers from the 2020 first round. Justin Jefferson has the monopoly on it. Let's let Jalen Rager walk. Five camp cuts for the Minnesota Vikings this year. Let me know what you think in the comments section. Any I missed? Or did any not deserve to be on the list? 
It's Minnesota Sports Rankum, the show that settles debates and starts new ones. I'm Sam Ekstrom. I'm on Twitter at Sam Ekstrom. Tune in to all of our programming here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota, the Ron Johnson Show, and the Minnesota Football Party as well. Talk to you next time on Minnesota Sports Rankum. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.